0: Did you know that your emotions can affect the way your skin looks and the way you carry your body? And by observing them, people can tell how you're feeling? In visual storytelling, this phenomenon poses a real challenge to making CGI characters look real. In this episode, 2233, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will delve into that when they answer the commonly asked question, how are CGI muscles and skin effects created? On the CG Bros, CG Insider Podcast.
1: Well, welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a new listener to our podcast, it's great to see you. And if you're a returning listener, a fan of the CG Bros, welcome back. It's great to see you again. In this episode of the CG Insider Podcast, the CG Bros uh, will be answering another intriguing question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com by Jonathan R. from Everett, Washington. And Jonathan asks us, how are CGI muscles and skin created? Well, by the end of today's
2: chat, uh, you'll learn some amazingly interesting things about how computer-generated muscles and skin are created, as well as some brief history of how muscle and skin animation technology has grown. And also, be sure to stay to the end of the uh, podcast, where we'll be showing you some of our favorite shots using CGI muscles and skin. As well as some tips to get your you started on bodybuilding your own characters. Uh, I'm Sean Johnston, um, and just a little bit about me. I'm a professional artist uh, with uh, in the video game industry for about 28 years plus, and I have a, a pretty broad background in, in creating 2D, 3D animation. Um, I was pretty much a 3D generalist. Um, I've all I've worked on uh, VFX, cinematic sequences for. PC and console game trailers, done some cutscene stuff. Um, and then some of the games I've worked on are uh, the MMO, massive multiplayer uh, online game EverQuest, EverQuest 2, uh, Clone Wars Adventures, Free Realms, and the massive multiplayer online first-person shooter, Planetside 2. Also, one of the first Battle Royale games out there, H1Z1. And uh, today, I'm a full-time animating animation director working for a video game startup company, a small one, in bend oregon
1: nice and i'm bill johnston a cgi industry veteran and i specialize in computer generated imagery 3d animation and uh, digital visual effects and i've got about 23 years of experience the last 19 within the console gaming industry and uh, managing the production of digital effects animation projects for industry leaders including activision blizzard um, uh, for call of duty uh, sony computer entertainment and i've done just a ton of stuff for them as well as bungie and uh, we're your hosts for this edition of the CGI Insider Podcast. And what a great question, Jonathan. Uh, I'll go ahead and start us out, Sean, if that's all right. Sounds um, good. Uh, you know, for decades now, uh, artists and engineers have, have competed to produce really in- increasingly lifelike uh, creatures and, and characters. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, con- the technology is continuing to be blurred between, you know, a reality and uh, virtual reality, if you will. Um, and creating believable character animation performances has been a really uh, elusive endeavor because of you know what we've covered at length in previous podcasts such as you know simulation and stuff like that but um, particularly you know the real challenge with any kind of believable character animation is is, is trying to avoid what's called the uncanny valley and, and we've talked about that a little bit as well but um, you know you just don't want to get trapped trapped there and when you're trying to do realistic animation and the simulation is 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 an attempt to do realistic animation because you're you know, basically following the rules of physics. Um, you, know, you, you find that escaping that uncanny valley is a really challenging thing to do.
2: It is. Realistic skin uh, deformations is uh, probably one of the major criteria for, like you said, creating believable, uh, digitally enhanced uh, characters. And um, it's, it's becoming more and more important as we get more and more savvy in, in video games as well as in film. And so the, the more realistic you can make it, more believable, the more you're, you can enjoy it and, and feel more engaged with the content, uh, whether it's film or video games. Um, so a lot of the uh, beginning history of this, I mean, I, I thought about my own personal experience and the first video games that I started working on or using um, any type of physics thing, trying to simulate skin myself uh, using uh, 3D Studio uh, first um, back in the day. In the DOS the DOS days, um, that particular program was called 3D Studio, and it wasn't. There wasn't a lot of that. Uh, there were some plugins, uh, IPAS plugins, you could use, but they weren't really realistic, and everything looked, you know, synthetic and, and just like bad CG. But for those days, when you're looking at it with those eyes, it looked it looked amazing. It looked great. It looked uh, looked beautiful, believe it or not. <laughs> and then you'd see that. Although you know at that time you're thinking about it in in those those terms um for those days it, it it was just something new that you had never seen before, and I think that's why it looked you could say it looked beautiful in ways, but looking back you know with our eyes today the how how much we've seen and how much how realistic it is today, you look back and go, gosh, I can't even believe I was even thinking that was cool
1: well you know we just to t- do a quick t- uh, recap the uh, the ankenny valley for you know, if you don't know what it is, um, is basically a term to descri- used to describe the feeling of, of revulsion or disgust or unease when when we look at a CGI-generated character. And uh, really, until more recently, um, with some of the advances that we're going to be talking about in animation, lighting, and shading, and rendering uh, technology, uh, this was a really ch- a-, a big challenge to get over. But it's even seems to be a bigger challenge even with the technology because we're such we're so sophisticated at, at, at you know, looking at people's faces and, 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 and humans just more generally. I mean, we have an innate evolutionary ability to recognize not just their faces, but, you know, people's people. I mean, how they move, how they walk, you know, their gait. We can tell just by how somebody walks who that person is if we, you know, if we, we understand if we're used to that and, you know, if we're familiar with that. And uh, our bodies, our minds have really been been attuned to, to you know, uh, tuning in and, and, and recognizing the differences in, in people, uh, not just their, their facial features.
2: Well, uh, Death Becomes Her was probably, and that's not too long ago, uh, the, was the first human skin uh, CGI animation. I don't know if you saw that. Meryl Streep uh, yeah, that with was Bruce Willis. And her head was like twisted around. Uh, and they actually, I mean, looking back at some of the, I, I, I don't have a clip of it today, but looking back at that, I looked at, I saw it and it kind of looked okay for the time. I guess she had a, a basically a, a blue um, a blue screen type thing on her, on her head too, so they could mask that out and then and replace it with her, her real head um, and composite on top of that. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's been a struggle over time. I mean, 2007 was really the NVIDIA's head model, human head, was, was advanced CG, CGI skin. And then not until 2015, we, we had really um, dynamic skin, what they called micro geometry, uh, simulating that. And that was actually uh, a lot of the guys who created those things are these genius programmers. Um, like one who did this particular thing was Paul uh, Debevec, and he worked on The Matrix Reloaded and a bunch of other films. And uh, so, are you showing something? Oh no, I was I can show definitely I can show okay, something. Okay, I wasn't uh, sure if
1: you were showing something.
2: Well, I mean, I don't have any, I can show some of the advanced stuff, but I I think I'll show that a little bit later. Um, but. Just to go back a little bit earlier, um, in some of my experiences at the very beginning, um, I'm, I'm just this is this is a, this is a, a, a program called Hypermatter. It was back in 1997, and I'm going to pin if you can pin me right here. There's just some screenshots of, of this thing, just to try and get things to have more fluid kind of physics um, uh, movement, and we use the thing called Hypermatter as a plugin, and it basically subdivided your character into um, what well, a lattice, it's kind of a lattice work here and each one had, um, would act on the vertices of that particular character and it would it would stretch and, and based on the influence of that, so some would be stronger and some would be weaker and you get these really kind of cool, um, kind of fleshy effects with, with uh, your static, you know, very basic rigid CG models because they were really rigid at that time, I mean,
1: well, it's like having a doll, basically. Right. And how does it? How do you articulate a doll in a right. believable Right. And manner? it's
2: and, and that's pretty much the way it was. You know. You and have, they're solid. Those are yeah, solid objects. Or or they're segmented. A lot of a lot of in two thousand one, you know, two thousand two, a lot of a lot of uh, cinematics. Actually, you know, trailers and cutscenes were done with uh, you know segmented, uh, uh, you know anatomically, um, you know cr- characters. So you'd, you'd see those segments. It was crazy, but look at this this one video here that I have, um, hypermatter, and this is way back in 1997. This came out. It was actually 3D Studio Max one in version two as well. And this actually kind of blobby looks really kind of cool. I thought that was really, I mean, for that for that time period, guys, that was amazing.
1: Just... Well, any kind of any kind of secondary animation is was was, was special because you. You know, that was something that you didn't have to animate by hand yourself. Right.
2: And it was pretty quick. I was really surprised at the time. It was very, very responsive. Um, This is one kind of cheapy, cheesy looking thing about uh, this guy with a a big kind of beer belly gut surfer guy walking around. Uh, And they also did it on his hair and the back of his legs. So I thought this is is back in the day. They don't sell it any longer. Um, So, yeah, really great.
1: Thanks for yeah, that's me. that's amazing, Sean. I mean, that, that that just shows you how far we've come. I mean, we we the, the computational power and, and the ability to create um, multi physics uh, simulations and 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 light with, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of uh, you know rays uh, bouncing throughout you know the skin uh, sub sub uh, scattering through the subsurface of the skin layers. Um, it's a pretty amazing thing, and you know, uh, basically, muscle and skin is a subset of, of a larger category of character animation. And uh, a lot of times, the effects team is, is uh, handed these tasks uh, to to take over. Uh, you know, it's typically not a character animation thing; it's, it's more of an effects thing. But uh, either either team can handle it. But a lot of time, it requires simulation. But you know, short of simulation, there are a lot of techniques that are, have been used in the past to you know animate you know, flesh and, and skin and muscle. Uh, and, um, you know, as far as skin goes, you know, as far as tech technology, we can go ahead and maybe talk a little bit about, um, the skin. Uh, you know, here's a picture of my cat's ear and, and this is one of the big advances in, in just skin itself is the ability to, and I just mentioned subsurface scattering is the ability to have the the sun go through the the, the flesh and bounce around and, and, uh, you know, cause radiosity. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, and here's another you know, little exaggerated uh, example where you can actually see the light passing through through hands. but this is a, a great example. And that's why wax figures are such a big you know, draw to people because they, of their lifelike quality, their ability to do the subsurface scattering. And here's kind of a short example of, of what that might look like. This is actually a CG r- rendering of a, a model with subsurface scattering, but it just shows you the quality. You can see the in the face, the tissue in the, and around the ears and uh, in the eyelids. It's a, just in a, the nose particularly. Um, well, that, that actually...
2: that's a that's a, a great point. Um, if you could pin me, let me show um, some of the early, uh, basically two thousand and one. If you can see the difference here, um, Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within was like the the uh, the first real CGI computer generated um, full characters in this particular game. The kind of realistic as they could get at that point. Um, I guess they consider it le- the first photorealistic computer animated feature film. But um, and that was created by Square Pictures um, out of Japan. And they were, they were really excited about this movie and they spent a lot of money. Um, in fact, they, they went way over budget. Unfortunately, um, this particular movie did not do well. But if you can you look at the skin of, of the main character in here, if you can see her skin you know you're looking at it and today it's it's like a good cut scene today and in, in what you see in video games or that you can do in real in in unreal uh and in fact it doesn't look as good as unreal compared to let's say um alita in this particular scene here where you can see her i mean look at the difference in her skin her eyes i even slowed it down here where you can actually see where they animated animated the um the pupil and the iris of the eye and it i think this, Like you were saying, the subsurface scattering, the way the light goes into the skin, the, the tiny pores on the skin that have little tiny hairs on them, just, just that entire, oh, plus the blood maps you'd see in your skin. Because, you know, when you're doing different, um, I think Alita had 2,500, they, they, they basically scanned the actor's face and then had um, particular demarcation lines here on the face for the puppet that was, you know, Alita. And the, the actor and they, they basically line them up exactly. And so all these little things, uh, um, you know, to track would get you that, that, that fidelity that you're looking for. And you could see in this picture here also, you can see she, she's acting, uh, doing the motion capture on her face and the, um, I mean the, the realism that I, you could see in that I probably, it's probably the best I've ever seen in any movie right now. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I'd say so as well. Yeah, the the rendering the tech, rendering technology and that's where re- skin really is, is, is the beauty of skin. I mean, we 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 skin is really the, the look of skin anyway is is really determined by how light hits it. And it is uh, it, it's really important that uh, you know and here's here's a quick uh, video. This is uh, from uh, real folks at real illusion. that basically kind of shows you the the the, the how fine the skin actually is. And this is some some of the newest technology out there to, where you can actually see facial hair and, and lip creases in the lips and the color of the skin. And the, you were talking about, uh, you know, uh, you know... Uh, uh, blood maps there's i mean there you you've got fat under your under your your skin as well and so you you've got blemishes and you've got uh, pores and you've got acne and you've got here facial hair uh you know crinkles in the lips crinkles around the eyes uh, just the incredible detail that skin has just the ability of skin to render in a realistic manner uh through the use of subsurface scattering and 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 uh, other you know advances uh is really impressive
2: yeah this this particular if you can so that show this as well this is this is the in 2015 the advanced CGI skin simulation where they're doing skin microgeometry, and you can you can see what, with they'll just, they'll show it in here where you can see where you where you basically you tighten your your muscles in your face, um, they would basically refine the the actual micro skin um, maps and uh, the you know all the the uh, as well as the and when you're when you're basically. You know, stretching the skin, they kind of blur it out. Um, it, it's really it, you can really see it in this in this this particular one here, where it's where you can see the uh, the refine so detailed what they're doing with the skin, um, and it's so realistic. And like you're saying, you know, when you're angry, your your blood maps the blood that's actually going through your face, and your cheeks would be more red versus your your forehead, which would be lighter. And then when you're making you know angry, you can see it kind of circulating throughout your face, and those are the things you don't. Imperceptibly, you, you just you just know there they're, it's right, and you're it's all you're not in your in your mind. You're going oh well, there's blood moving around this person's face. You're not thinking that. It's just it's just uh, that's the subtle things that people just pick up. Because we know what people's faces are supposed to look like and what the skin moving across that face is supposed to look
1: well, like. Yeah, we've, we, we're very sophisticated creatures, and we've had millions of years of observational history in our genes, and and we're very perceptive at detecting when things aren't animated correctly. And speaking, you know, the more the more, uh, you know, the more we we advance in in technology and 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 uh, make make these advances and, and make things look even more physically correct, the the, you know, I, I wonder if we'll ever, you know. De- defeat the the uncanny valley just just for the reason that we're so sophisticated. I mean, we may not be able to, like you said, we may not be able to, you know, we'll, we'll sense something's wrong, and we might not be able to put our finger on it all the time. But, you know, we'll 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 sense that there's something wrong with this, something, there's something odd. uncanny yeah. and uneasy about this perform that you know that, that that gives away that it's not a real person. You know, just like you said, the flushing of the face and 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 some of the all those subtle subtle cues that that uh, you really can't animate in. You know, right? It, it's just not practical
2: yeah the the uh, and now now just to kind of move on if we can we want to move on to some of the muscle stuff that we're talking about um, let's let's move on to this particular character here i mean this is this is one of the plugins uh, joe alter's been around for a long time a genius um, guy uh, <laughs> programmer uh, artist and he 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 has this thing called um, i think lip service and some other things he does a shave and haircut with, for fur and hair and things like that but he made this plugin and you can see the deformation going on in this. If you can pin me, Bill, just just the the deformations in the muscle in the skin, how it how it surrounds that muscle, and when you're flexing and things like that, it it's it's uh, you know those are the things you would see if somebody was really to flex their skin, and that's what makes gives it that realism. And so that, that's what you're seeing here. A beautiful uh, test that he was doing for his uh, I be I believe it's um, lip service, believe it or not. I'm not sure, but. It's a, it's a great plug-in for Maya.
1: That's 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 pretty impressive. Yeah, here's a, a little video from uh, Ziva, which kind of demonstrates the the what they you know there's they, there's we in the business we like to call uh, flesh or character tissue systems or flesh animation systems. Uh, here's an example. You've got your basic motion capture of the of the rigged uh, skeleton, and it's actually a skeleton in this case. And then they put the the muscles uh, on the, on the top muscle system on top, which is actually. Being driven by the bone system underneath, so uh, that that's a lot of it is, is, is uh, driven. You know, is layered on in simulation, and then they'll throw on the fat a fat layer uh, and kind of see how that looks. And so each each layer is laid is dependent on the layer beneath it for. Uh, Simulation and, and the realism quality is of it. And then the next, after the fat, it's going to be the skin. And so they put a skin layer on and you can actually see now how impressive this is with the, you can see the bones rolling underneath the skin. It's just a really impressive. And there's a layer of fat that gives it that nice little softness, softness edge. And then you just throw on a, you know, a, a texture on top of that. And then, and that's where the shading comes in, where the real, you know, realistic skin is created and, and, uh, you know, the, the, there's some really some, been some great advances that we talked about in rendering technology, which really makes the skin look real. Right, and that's that's the thing you're talking about earlier, where you
2: have your base color for your skin, and which is super important. And then, of course, you you have deformation on top of that, which is deforming of the skin and how it how it deforms. And then you've you know you've got all of like you were saying the light scattering through that, and so it's a, it's computationally intensive in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that's why it was so difficult, almost like. We're talking about some of the, you know, early on with the, with a lot of the simulations with, with hair and, and, and how, how, to, how light it, you know, goes through different colors of hair and how it reacts. And I mean, it's, it's intensive calculations. So it's, it's, I think that's why it was, it's been so difficult. And like you were saying here, if you could pin me, I can show you this, this particular thing is there's a thing called a slide deformer for Maya. And this actually has a demo, like you were saying, where the skin actually of this particular uh, lion is sliding across the, the underlying muscles and, and bunching up um, you know, in, the, in the curves where the leg meets the, basically the torso of, of, the, of the lion. And, and it's, it's just the believability of what you're being able to see, especially with animals. I think, we're, like we had said before, that it's easier to see animals and, and not necessarily, because we don't look at them every single day. It's, it's easier to get away with things. And that's why you know doing faces is so complicated because we see them. You know that's how we interact so, unless you're blind. Unfortunately.
1: So for, in, in, so Sean, and in, for in order for the muscles and the skin to simulate and animate properly, a, a lot of that's determined by how the bones are moving. I mean, it's all driven by the bones. Yeah. And so, uh, which really goes to how the character is rigged. Uh, isn't that a big part of getting or what would you say is the most important part of of getting a realistic muscle and skin animation performance based on? Uh...
2: Well, I mean, it's, since I'm not in the film industry, I can just tell you if, if from from my video game uh, experience, you know, as it's getting more and more, uh, you know, developed and getting more, uh, you know, people are requiring the, the fidelity that you want in film, you know, that you're seeing in film and you want it in your video games. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where it starts with. But a lot I think a lot of um, the difficulty is with the processing power. And okay, let's say you want to use blend shapes slash morph, morph targets are basically um, where the vertices, somebody's basically sculpted the face in different poses and you know smiles and frowns and things like that versus using joints or bones underneath the skin of your character, which we use because it's fast. It's really, really fast. But then like you said, you get that uncanny valley look in a lot of weird... You know, you don't get the fidelity you'd want and and the the suspension of disbelief when you're playing your games if it looks odd and freaky. Um, You can get away with it with with stylized characters a lot more. If you're trying to do super hyper-realistic stuff, that's where it gets really difficult. And you have to decide, you know, do I want all my characters to do this? And then you have to basically have levels of detail. So the further the characters away from your camera when you're playing your game, it's going to be, you're going to basically prune out all of the joints in the face, or I mean, because that's really what you're talking about is basically your face, um, unless it's a it's a it's a, a you know dragon or something like that. But then you've got your main character on the screen, and then what's nice about the the computer is you can LOD levels of detail out uh, the further away from your camera. I don't, yeah. So the, I mean, that's kind of what we do in in the video game industry, and that's that's kind of what my experience has been.
1: That's awesome. Well, I mean, I think that's to your point. The style of the character is really important as well because the animation requirements will be based on that. So, like like you said, I, if it, does it does it need to be physically correct or stylized, or uh, what kind of you know, what is the character going to be called to do? And this is a character called uh, the Flesh Lump Eater. Uh, it was created by uh, Weta. Uh, this is animated by Weta, the Weta team, and it shows a a, a pretty amazing example of, of uh, some of the skin and and muscles. Uh, systems that we're talking about, and you can actually see the muscles underlying the jaw system here, um, and uh, it, it's just you know they, they've gone through quite a, an extensive uh, research and how how these muscle systems actually function and how they work and how how they, they, they animate you know how how you know from a from. A, a real right. example of the human body. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's a good, great example of the shading that we were talking about of skin shader and how the, the level of detail, you know, here's a close-up, and you probably won't get this close-up on your characters, but this is an example of, of some of the different, uh, you know, situations that you might be called to, to you know, fulfill. And uh, it really depends on the requirements of the shot. You know, if you're going to get extreme close-ups, then you're going to need a, a really detailed, high-resolution skin shader, skin textures uh, that show the pores and show, show you know, everything you would see at that level. Right. Hopefully, you know, you're using uh,
2: not just image maps, but you're using, you know, uh, resolution independent stuff like Substance Painter and things like that, where it's it's basically mathematical. So you, you can zoom, 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 and it still looks highly detailed.
1: Yeah, so uh, why don't we go ahead and jump into the mailbag, uh, Sean? And, well, shoot, uh, read some I want really to keep going. Some, oh well, okay. Uh, well, I, that we could we could keep going. Right uh, there's, now, there's so
2: much. We'll, we'll do part two, and I've got so much more I want to show and talk about too. Well, this this uh, comment mm-hmm. is from uh, Christian um, Garcia, and he uh, left a comment. Since I was a student, I looked uh, with admiration at the projects and people who were able to uh, post their work on the CG Bros YouTube channel. And that's, that's a wonderful comment. Uh, that's exactly why we have the quality that, uh, that, you know, around the world from people all over professionals and, and studios alike that want to post on the CG Bros so people can look at them and, and give them feedback as well. So that's, that's an awesome comment. Thank you.
1: Well, yeah. And the real world feedback is, uh, I think a lot of artists really appreciate that. Uh, you know, they do. They really want to know if their, if their work is good and, uh, you know, we appreciate uh, being able to do that. And uh, the next comment's from Loy uh, Andrea, and she says, or I'm assuming Loy is a she, uh, sharing our work with a huge community of CG professionals and fans has always been uh, something we've wanted to do, and we're a fan of your channel, and have been since I was a kid. And you're a part of what gave uh, me interest in VFX, so now I get back to you by sending my graduation short film. And we were glad to feature it. I think it, it's done quite well, Loy, so thank you for doing that. And... That's,
2: that's, uh, that's awesome. That, that is a, uh, that's a wonderful feeling to, to know that, uh, the people have been watching it since they're real, real kids, little kids. And then now they're growing up and they're actually in the industry. That's so, that's gratifying. Thank you. And this one's from, uh, Elise Vest. I watched the CG bros YouTube channel because of the high quality content and uh, care and dedication to the craft, huge community of talented artists. Like we said, I'm gonna repeat it again, please uh, come, come and, and check out everything we've got on our channel. Um, you will be inspired and there's a there's a huge community there um, with a lot of talented artists exactly thanks Elise.
1: wow well that really went quick didn't it <laughs> you did i want to thank you again for being part of our podcast today and uh, we want to let you know that uh, we do them exclusively for you and we had fun answering jonathan's question today how are cgi muscle and skin effects created we could have gone on and on we should, we're really going to need to do a part two on that on agree such an interesting subject Uh, We hope you learned something uh, that you didn't know along the way, and you got to learn at least something, uh, one thing new every day, right? Right. Uh, We enjoyed our conversation. Hope you did, too. And if you did, share it around with some of your friends. Uh, Hit that like button, too, because it helps YouTube find folks just like yourself who are interested in great things we talk about here that are CGI and VFX-related in the podcast. Can you hit that
2: like button a hundred times or just once? Just kidding. Um, By the way, if you've got a subject you'd like us to discuss in one of our podcasts, let us know by going to our website, thecgbros.com, go to that About Us tab, and then the Ask Us Anything drop down, just like Jonathan did. We're always looking to improve our podcast and would like to know what you think. So please leave us a comment. And if you do, no guarantees. You, we're going to probably read it. So uh, stay tuned and, and listen and watch everyone. And also, in case you didn't know, we bring you a brand new edition of the CG Insider every week. And we discuss all things having to do with CGI, computer graphics, digital animation, VFX, and other cool and related topics.
1: Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel I was discussing that just a minute ago uh, because there are some amazing uh, state-of-the-art CGI short films as well as some timeless 3D classics up there uh, created by some of the most talented new media producers and studios uh, out there today. Uh, Also, check out some of their revealing VFX breakdowns, making-ofs, and behind-the-scenes we've got up there as well. Uh, We're looking forward to next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great fan question. How are CGI fur and feather effects created?
2: We'll see you here next week. Don't miss it.
0: Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, how are CGI muscles and skin effects created? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future podcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they, too, can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Samsung Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, thecgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how are CGI fur and feathers effects created? This has been episode 2233 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.